Hey, welcome to the Dare to Decide podcast, where we take a psychological dive into our everyday decisions that shape our relationships, health, and finances. My name is Marion. I'm a former school psychologist who built a multiple six-figure online business, helping thousands of women transform their health and confidence. This is a podcast for women who don't want to settle for a life that is less than what they know deep down they can create. I believe that to begin building the life you truly want, you are just one decision away. This is an Up Level Your Life podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hey, what's up, you guys? So today's episode is going to be short but powerful. By the end of this little chit-chat, you're going to know exactly how to take any negative thought that you have that's been planted in your brain and turn it into a thought that is helpful and positive. So, but before we get into it, let's, um, it's Monday, which means it's time for me to buy a beverage for one of you who so graciously shared the podcast on your social media this past week. And you guys, I am, I am so appreciative for all of you who have shared the podcast, left a review, just, just know that it means the world to me. And this week I am buying a Tito's Martini or three cups of coffee for Katie Olson, who shared the podcast on her Instagram and told her friends to go check it out. So thank you so much, Katie, and check your DMs uh, as you'll see a message from moi. Um, and if you guys, if you want to help me and be entered into next week's drawing, please just tag me at Marion Berry Fitness and you are in. That's M-A-R-I-O-N-B-E-R-R-Y Fitness and you'll be on the list. All right, let's dive into today's episode. So today, we are talking about a little something called reframing. And reframing, like simply put, is like seeing a current situation from a different perspective. So imagine in your mind taking any thought that you have and putting a, an art frame around it. So maybe just imagine like a thick gold frame. Now let's swap out that that gold one for a thin black one. Well, that changes the entire perspective of that thought in the middle. And when someone changes their thought, then thinking and behavior often will change too. And today today I'm not going to go over like seven steps to reframing your problems because it it doesn't need to be that complicated. People in this field, like they love to overcomplicate stuff like this, and I find it super annoying. Uh, reframing is pretty easy, and I'm going to share with you the best way that I've helped clients reframe their problems effectively over the last several years. And it's it's very simple. Like you can do this. Um, and you might be asking, like, uh, Marion, <laughs> why does this even matter? And this matters a ton because at the very base level. We are who we think we are. Let me repeat that. We are who we think we are. And our thoughts create our universe, right? Our experience at at work, at home, um, in the gym, in bed. It's, It's all defined by the thoughts that we think. And sometimes we allow crappy thoughts to take root. And crappy thoughts are kind of like a cancer. They can spread and become bigger and they multiply. Um, So we can see this pretty easily with with kids. So for example, um, as a school psychologist, I remember working with a third grade boy who was struggling with some attention issues. And it wasn't that he didn't try. The traditional classroom just 
isn't built for some kiddos. But I remember he had this beautiful, curious mind. And I remember he told the most colorful, like detailed stories, but he was struggling in some areas. So one day I went to observe him in his classroom. You do that a lot as a school psychologist. You go observe the kids in the natural habitat. And I noticed that when the class was doing some some reading work, he carried his book and he would pace back and forth in the rear of the classroom and as he read, and he looked so happy and focused. So sometimes for kiddos that have attention issues, like movement helps them focus. Um, and his teacher knew that. So he was dialed in, his shoulders were pulled back, and he was just, he was content. He was, he was happy. But the moment his teacher asked everyone to put away their books and get, get ready for a math quiz, he like changed physically right away. He did this dramatic, like somewhat impressive sigh and his shoulders slumped forward. And I, I, I think he looked like he was wearing shoes made of cement the way he trudged back to his desk. And I made a note of my observations in my little fancy notebook because I had no idea math was even an issue for him. But like I've learned over the years that 90% of what I needed to know was in the nonverbal body language of the children and families I worked with. And this is this is a side note, but that's true for for you too by the way. Like when you talk and interact with your coworkers, your partner, your your Tinder date, <laughs> I don't know. Like paying attention to someone's body language, their facial expressions, where they're looking when they tell you something can often be like you're reading their mind. So it's kind of a superpower, but so many people just don't dial into that at all. But I digress. So later that day, I had my one-on-one session with this sweet boy. And I asked him, like, tell me how you feel about reading time. And his eyes lit up and he replied enthusiastically that he loved reading. And he was on this third book and I think it was like a dragon series or something. And he was stoked about it. And he also added, you know, like, I'm pretty good at reading. Just ask my teacher, which I thought was so cute. And then I asked him, okay, now tell me how you feel about math. And then it was like I flipped a switch. Once again, his shoulders slumped and he took a deep breath and he replied, like, I'm not very good at math. And I asked him, like, what makes you think that? Because you guys, I had already given him an academic assessment like a couple weeks earlier, and I knew that he was just fine in math. And he told me that they were just starting to learn some division and he just isn't good at it. And so I asked him like, well, is this the first time you're learning division? And of course he replied, yes. So it's totally new to you and it's not super easy to learn since it's brand new. And I won't bore you with the rest of the conversation, but the point is that he had developed this belief, this this thought that is turning into a belief that he wasn't good at math because division, he was finding it challenging. And that's what happens with thoughts. They can turn into beliefs, and beliefs are what create our identities. So we needed to do some reframing. (laughs) We needed a new frame around his thoughts about math and his abilities. So step one, identify the poopy thought. And in his case, it was, I'm not very good at math. And so step two is replace it with a thought that is true, helpful, and optimistic. 
And and so in his case, I don't remember exactly what the new thought is that he settled on, but it was something like, this new math isn't impossible. I just haven't learned it yet, but I will. So the point is, he was on his way, possibly, to create this identity of someone who wasn't was good at reading, but not very good at math. Very black and white thinking, right? But that's often how our brains work. And as adults, we have the same thing going on all the time. And I think adults are worse at this than kids are. Uh, we have thoughts that don't like do not serve us, but have somehow taken root in our brains. So, for instance, over the past eight years, I've worked with thousands of women on their weight loss goals. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, I have tried everything and I can't lose weight. And so we both know that's not true. Like, no one has tried everything and everyone can lose weight. It may look different for every single person because we are different But the belief that I can't lose weight is extremely detrimental. The the mind-body connection is so strong, and it operates on primarily a subconscious level, right? Meaning we can have a thought, and it's broadcasted through our body and our our face (laughs) without us even realizing it. That's I think that's why some of us are really bad poker players. I'm the worst. There's no uh, censorship there. And if we are telling ourselves over and over again, I can't lose weight, it will affect the weight loss journey. It's going to hold you back. So how do we take a negative thought like, I can't lose weight, and turn it into something that's, again, true, helpful, and optimistic? And by the way, like this is not the toxic positivity thinking. This is about... At the core level, this is about mastering your thoughts so that you can create the outcomes in your life that you that you want and that you're you're capable of. So if I have a client telling me I can't lose weight, I ask them to do something for me. And this is very simple yet a super effective little tip I want to share with you today. I ask them to pretend that it's their best friend who is telling them that they can't lose weight. What would they say to their best friend? And this is a really powerful exercise to do with yourself, by the way, whenever you have a crappy thought that needs reframing. It's one of the best and easiest ways to get get some perspective, right? So what would you tell your best friend if she's telling you that she can't lose weight? So almost always they respond with something like, uh, duh, Marion, I would tell her that she can lose weight that she's done it before, so she knows that she can do it again. And I would tell her to commit to the process and trust the process. Boom. Boom. They just reframed their own crappy thought. So now instead of like marinating in this poopy mind I know I use (laughs) poopy and crappy a lot. Sorry. This poopy mind space of I can't they now have elevated their mindset to this positive and capable space. And that can often make the biggest difference in their entire weight loss journey. And I often say that before we can really talk about losing the weight on the body, we got to first lose the weight between the ears. Like it's, they're not separate. So as I wrap up this episode, though, I wanted to end by sharing with you the most powerful example 
of reframing that I have ever heard personally. Um, So back in graduate school, I was friends with this amazing woman named Amber, and she and I bonded over our love of margaritas and nachos. I just called them margaritas. (laughs) Margaritas and nachos. That should be a thing. But sounds like I've had a margarita before I started filming or recording this episode. But that would be, if I had a margarita, that'd be a completely different episode. So we love margaritas and nachos. And one day, over said margaritas and nachos, I asked her what made her interested in pursuing becoming a therapist. And she told me it was because of her brother and how she was super close to him and he was her best friend. And he was diagnosed with AIDS, and treatment never seemed to work for him. And she told me about how she sat by his hospital bed and held his hand, telling him how much she loved him when that the the exact moment when he took his last breath. So she was there when he died. And she said that it was incredibly traumatic for her, and she struggled really horribly over the next several months and she couldn't sleep she had like depression and these feelings of guilt that were overwhelming so she did something she had never done before and she went to go speak with a psychologist and together they identified like what was the single thought she had around holding her brother's hand and watching him die and the thought they identified was i couldn't save him and there was nothing i could do to help him And together in their session, they reframed this thought. And Amber said that this one single exercise, this session, changed everything for her. And she reframed it from, I couldn't save him and there was nothing I could do to help him, to my brother knew how much I loved him when he died. And he wasn't alone because I was there for him. And by this point, I'm crying in my margarita. But she had this like sense of peace and calm when she sat across from me and telling me this story because she had reframed it and it was no longer this super traumatic experience. She had turned this this moment, this memory that was haunting her and carried so much guilt and sadness into a new memory and one that is framed in gratitude and love and how she was there for her brother till the very end and even to kind of had the sense of how lucky was I to be able to be there for him, to be that last voice he heard and the last person he saw. And that's, that's freaking beautiful, right? So to recap, step one, identify the thought or thoughts that are not serving you right now. What are those? Step two, ask yourself, what would I say to my best friend if she came to me with this crappy thought? What would I tell her? Step three is write down what you would tell her. And from that, create your own new frame. And then step four, five, seven, eight, nine, 12, whatever, whatever it is that you've written down, you need to embrace that new thought. Repeat it to yourself. Write it down where you see it every day and commit to believing. What's that? That saying that people say most people can believe in Santa Claus for seven years, but they can't believe in themselves for five minutes. Don't do that. Commit to believing these new replacement thoughts because they quite literally, they might be the X factor for your next breakthrough. And on that note, always remember that you are just one decision away 
from changing your entire life. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If I could just ask one favor, if you enjoyed today's podcast, I would be so grateful if you help me spread the word over on Instagram. You could tag me in your Instagram stories at Mary and Barry Fitness so that I can personally send you a DM to say thank you. In addition, every single week, I'll be choosing one person who shared the podcast on Instagram and I'll be buying you a beverage to show my appreciation. It'll be a Tito's martini or three cups of coffee, your choice. So thank you so much. And until next episode, keep your chin up, those shoulders back and know that you are worthy of more.